This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. The message for this morning is the quest for contentment. The quest for contentment where, you know, we're going to go on this journey and trying to unearth, you know, contentment. Most of us, not most of us, every single person, the youngest to the oldest, you've gone through your own fair share of hard times. Some of you have, have gone to the brink of death. You don't have to be old to experience that. You can be young and, and still go through the brink of death. Some of you, you had to stand at the graveside of your children. I think that's one of the worst things to do. I've not experienced it, but I can only imagine. Some of you, you had to experience a death of, of a family member, and some of you divorced, and sometimes people say divorce is as painful as death. And we've gone through our suffering, we've gone through our hardships, we've gone through, you know, this crazy, crazy part of life. And then you thought, you know what, it's going to get smooth sailing from here, and what do you have? Year 2020. And you're hit in ways that you never were prepared for. You were hit in ways that you never thought that you would see your country go through. I mean, you've never seen such an attack against the gospel in a country that claims to be a Christian country. And people who do preach the gospel have made it that this is really crazy uh, backwards. You know, either it's all about money or it's all about religion. And the people who really need Jesus are being driven away from the church. And those who are quote-unquote healthy are the ones that's, you know, painting this terrible picture of what the gospel is. And you wonder, you're like, is there any contentment in this life? I've come to church. I've gone to work, I've saved up money, and, and, and we're constantly in the search for contentment. And maybe sitting right now where you are, you think that, you know what, if I get this job, I will be content. If I get this house, I'll be content. If my marriage is fixed, I'll be content. And I'm here to tell you that, no, you're not going to find contentment in any of those things. And, and this next few minutes, we're going to go on this quest for contentment. Um, no matter what you've suffered, it doesn't excuse you from this quest for contentment. I watched my mom walk through a lot of suffering. Firsthand, I was just talking to my friends over here earlier. I grew up um, in a third world country. I've been in a house with no running water, no electricity. And I know what it's like to, to grow up with suffering and hardship. And then I watched my mom go through some crazy times uh, as, as, as a woman in India, uh, as a pastor's wife, and then as a single woman, taking care of three boys who are off the rails, man. And, and, and she lived her life on her knees. And yet I've seen her search for contentment. And... We are all, no matter what you walk through in life, it doesn't excuse you from contentment. Now, before we jump on this, I want to warn you, if you walk through suffering, it's quite possible that you're leaning more into self-pity. I've suffered so much, and I'm sorry for myself now. And self-pity would lead to selfishness, and selfishness would lead to discontentment. So if you walk through suffering, pay attention. Don't think this is not for me. If you walk through suffering, especially you, if you walk through suffering, it's easy for us to find ourselves... Um, you know, subscribing to self-pity. And this is what I mean. When you talk to people, they'll be like, oh, you have no idea what I walked through. But have you really found contentment? I'm sure you walked through a lot, but have you found contentment? And, and I say this because as a, as a young pastor who looks like this, a lot of times people will just write it off and be like, what do you have to say about contentment? Man, you haven't lived half my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if you walk through suffering long enough, it's easy for you to give in to self-pity, and self-pity would lead to selfishness, and selfishness would lead to uh, uh, discontentment. And today we're going to quest 
for contentment. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great, great, great gain. Rah. All right, here we go. <laughs> here he is. He's back. <laughs> Oftentimes we search for contentment. And we don't include God in our quest for contentment. Or we include God, but with our own you know, verses that we memorize, and, and we're going to go through three heavy-hitting verses in Philippians chapter 4. And we know these verses, but we've not really practiced a lot of these things. We've not really practiced these things. How are we going to move from our self-pity to contentment? How are we going to move from, woe is me, I'm suffering, to contentment? How are we going to move from you know, our, our lack of joy into contentment? And, and what I have to tell you today you probably heard this a million times if you grew up in church, but what I'm really going to urge you is to start practicing these things. We have to start practicing these things, and I'll unpack that in just a little bit. Um, godliness with contentment is great gain. All in favor of contentment as this year comes to an end? Okay, the whole cheering thing was not just for our time of worship, okay? All right, we'll try it again. Um, I'm going to go through uh, 12 verses this morning, and uh, we're going to go through it pretty quick. Uh, I would love to preach on these verses like really slow, but um, my hope is that we can get through Philippians chapter 4 uh, between this week and next week, and then we start a new series um, in the beginning of the year. I think it'll be great to start the year with something encouraging, isn't it? It'll be great to start the year with something that was, that's uplifting, and that's why I want to preach five weeks on life beyond the grave, okay? On life and death. We're going to be talking about death. It's, it's going to be great, like preparing you for death, because as we enter 2021, I think it's fantastic for us to enter with this joy of knowing that death has been swallowed up in victory. So all your questions about death, um, God willing, we'll answer it from God's word. So um, let's look at this now. Contentment as this year comes to an end. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to pick up from verse 10, 11, and 12, and then we'll jump to um, the beginning of this chapter. And I want to show you where am I getting this, this title, this, this theme for uh, this passage that we're going to be looking at. Paul says in verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived you're concerned for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Paul is saying, uh, he's giving us a little recap of what's happening. The book of Philippians is written as a thank you note for a gift that was sent for Paul from the church in Philippi. They sent this guy named Aphroditus to bring Paul these gifts and this letter from, from the church because they really loved Paul. It's kind of like if you found out that I was sick, you, you'd want to check in on me, wouldn't you? Yes. You'll send me a card. You'll be like, hey man, what do you want to eat? And you know, how can we care for you? And I know you guys love me. And similarly, these guys had such great love for Paul. And they're like, man, our, our, our apostle, our pastor, our church planter, he's in prison and he's, he's being persecuted over there. So let's send Aphroditus with some, some, like, you know, hey, Paul, we're thinking of you. We love you. We still remember everything that you told us. And they've sent him some money, some gifts. I don't know what was in that gift basket. Maybe their latest worship CD, you know? It's like, check this out. New song we wrote. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> But uh, maybe some testimonies of what's happening in the church. And Paul says, man, I rejoice greatly. Don't forget, he's in prison. He's been persecuted. He says, I rejoice greatly that you have finally had the opportunity to show me how much you love me. And then he says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need. He's saying, I'm glad that you guys took care of me, but I just want you to know, I'm not in need. Please pay attention to this next three wo four words. For I have learned. For I have learned. Uh, I asked my wife in our bulletins for this morning to actually have the passage in over here because um, some of you guys, it's, it's hard for you to, to bring your Bible because it's so heavy and it's burdensome and, you know, you walk a long ways. And so 
Uh, some of you guys have your phones, but you don't take it out because you get distracted and, and uh, jump on Facebook. But I want you to track this passage with me. So grab your bulletin and, and, and maybe even underline this, you know. For I have learned. Why, why am I emphasizing on this? Because of what he says after, in whatever situation I am, to be content. For I have learned, no matter what I walk through, to be content. And I want you to know that no matter what you're walking through, you can learn to be content. Ooh, that's good stuff, man. That's really good because you might be sitting here and giving up. My marriage failed, my second one failed, my fifth one failed, my children have run away and now my dog died. In whatever situation you walk through, we as believers have the opportunity and the joy to learn contentment. And look at this, he, he, he doubles up on this now. He says, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound, that's to have plenty in any and every circumstance. So like I said earlier, no matter what you're walking through, in every circumstance... You might have just gotten the report from the doctor and it doesn't look good, but in every circumstance, you can learn to have contentment. And then he says, I have learned the secret. Once again, he says, I have learned. And what the secret, ooh, we all love secrets, don't we? And Paul is going to unearth the secret that he's learned in finding contentment. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul is going to go off on this rapid fire points, man. Oh my gosh, this is, as a pastor, this is frightening to preach so many verses in this, in this chapter. Like I said earlier, when we started off the series, this is a book that people love to memorize. I think it's one of the most memorized uh, book among Christians. So many nuggets of gold um, in, in, this, in this book with verses that's so encouraging. Um, but we're going we're gonna to attempt it, okay? okay. Seatbelts on, let's go. I need your help though, okay? Once again, I'm going to um, sign you up as a volunteer, each and every one of you. I need you to help me preach this. Okay, so wing one, okay, let's call you wing one. I need your help with this. Um, let's jump back to verse one. We're going to unpack Paul's secret to contentment. And we're going to go on this quest for contentment. When you leave these doors now, you're going to leave not feeling contentment, but you're going to have enough tools to start practicing contentment because we've got to learn contentment, right? You're tracking with me, good. So wing one, I need your help with this, all right? So verse one, therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, my Stephanos, Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I want you to help me remember this because we have 12 verses. I'm forgetful. I want you to help me remember, stand firm in the Lord. Can you say that? Stand firm in the Lord. You guys are good. You guys are good. Middle wing. Verse 2. I entreat, that means earnestly implore, I'm begging, Yodia, and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. What's your line? Agree in the Lord. You got it? Let's hear it again. Those guys were a lot louder just saying, and you guys are a lot more. Okay? All right. And it says, yes, I also ask you, true companion, that's yoke fellow. I think it's this guy's name, Sisygus, but it's been translated because in Greek it means yoke fellow or true companion. He says, help these women, or we'll unpack these verses in just a second, who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Wing three, are you ready? Verse four, I got an easy one for you. I knew my mom will be in this side of the wing, so I got a good one. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. What do you think your line is? Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, so wing one, help me out. Stand, stand firm in the Lord. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you. Chris, thank you, man. Agree in the Lord. Okay, come on, guys. Participate with me. Agree in the Lord. And Okay, so stand firm in the Lord. Agree in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. What's the common thing over here? In the Lord. In the Lord. Hey, you guys are writing this message this morning. Fantastic. 
Okay? Stand firm in the Lord, agree in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord. Contentment does not come because of your situation. Contentment comes from in the Lord. It comes from Jesus Christ. Contentment does not come from friendship. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from a big church. It doesn't come from looking good and having good health. It doesn't come from when the results come and says you're cancer free. Contentment doesn't come from that. Contentment comes from being in the Lord. When you're standing in the Lord, when you're agreeing in the Lord, when you're rejoicing in the Lord. Let's unpack these verses real quick, okay? Are you standing firm in the Lord or are you standing firm in your stubbornness? There are two women that are fighting in this church. Okay? Euodia and Syntyche, how cool would that have been to watch how their faces were like a reaction camera when they're like, we finally got a letter from the Apostle Paul. Great, let's hear it. Everybody come to church this morning. No one's going to sit back at home. No live stream back then. They're like, I want to hear Apostle Paul, right? And he's like, listen, folks, stand firm in the Lord. Like, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And he's like, and you're a syndicate? Knock it off. Right? They would have been like, whoa, my name is in the Bible, right? But not in a good way, right? It's like, knock it off. You see, what's happening in this church is there's, 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 this, there's this cancer of discontentment. Why? Because... It seems like these two women are not standing firm in the Lord, they're standing firm in the arrogance, in the stubbornness. And Paul is starting on the chapter by saying, stand firm in the Lord. The question I want to ask us as a church um, is, are you standing firm in the Lord? Are you standing firm in your arrogance, in your stubbornness, in your disobedience? What are you standing firm in? You see, I believe that this Thanksgiving, many of us around the table, we felt a little uneasy because there are some people that you don't get along with. There are some people that you don't like. There are some family members that you just wish that they would go away, you know, that, that they would quarantine, you know, it's like around this time, Lord, please, come on, really, you know, and oftentimes we stand in our stubbornness, and our biggest area where we find discontentment is in relationships, and maybe this Christmas will be different, because you will repent this morning, and stop standing on your arrogance, stop standing in your stubbornness, stop standing in your lies, but stand firm in the Lord. We preached in length about this in, in chapter 1 and 2, about what it means to stand in the Lord, to be in the Lord. It means to, to ask Him to give you the humility to see things through His eyes. To be, to be walking your life, to be looking at people with the eyes of Jesus. You created them, you love them, you know what they're going through, I don't. So help me to respond with that grace, to respond with, with your love, with your truth. You see, folks, oftentimes we judge people based on the externals. We judge people based on what they did. And we have no idea what God is doing in that very second in their life. And oftentimes, if we actually respond with grace, people will melt. And they will actually receive the gospel. But if we're standing in our arrogance, in our stubbornness, I was right, I am not going to back down, you will not find contentment in the Lord. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho. 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.